0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Hello and welcome to the Score North First Place Twin Show. This is the Hot Stove Edition. I'm Derek Wetmore. We've got Phil Mackey and I'm going to prepare you. Just buckle up, Phil. This is going to be some reckless speculation on this episode. Are you prepared? I was born
1: prepared to recklessly speculate. <laughs>
0: I thought that might be the case I came for you. out of the womb recklessly <laughs> speculating It is in your blood, I know that to be true, and it 's going to be it 's going to really hold true on this episode we 've already been kind of i don 't want to say hot takey, but in the last week, we have theorized that the twins could trade for Matt Chapman. <laughs> That uh, some big extensions can take place, some other big swing trades. Uh, you know, John Gray, Herman Marquez, Matthew Boyd. Like we sort of, uh,
1: we sort of wrung that rag pretty dry, and we're going to keep going. There's, there's. No I love stopping. it. I think, I think uh, our motto should be less about what the Twins are actually going to do, and more what we think they should do. Dang it! And yeah. I was let me preface this episode by saying, for sure, uh, I, I, I think this is the Twins' widest window of opportunity to strike in free agency and in the trade market in their franchise history. I agree with that. And I think they'd be foolish to not strike to some extent. I mean, I'm not expecting them to land $200 million in free agents, but I think a big free agent, a big trade, that's kind of the minimum expectation for me this offseason. I don't think you should be conservative because you have a chance to win your division again and win a World Series in 2020, and you should not... Keep chips off of that table. So we are going to focus on two main things in this episode.
0: One is the column that I wrote for scorenorth.com, which you can find there or on the ScoreNorth app, or uh, there are probably some e-readers that have it archived. But Mookie Betts is a trade candidate in Boston. That's going to be one thing we talk about. I want to start, though, with uh, you heard that my hot take has now officially come off the board. I joined you guys earlier this week, and you said give gave me your hottest Twins take that you believe, and I said the Twins should be in on Yasmani Grandal. And now he is uh, Chicago White Sox.
1: Yep, it's four years and just under twenty million dollars a year on that contract. And I think the Chicago White Sox have sort of arrived now for two thousand twenty. And I, I floated that out on Twitter, and people are like, "What do you mean? Because because they added one guy?" Uh, that that was a team that even though they went sixty nine and uh, seven. Uh, let me see here, sixty nine and ninety two was their official record. They nice. actually played. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That was their. That was their. Uh, Pythagorean record oh, they nice. they actually Went 72 and 89 last year <laughs> I don't observe actual <laughs> records That's pretty good They went 72 and 89 last year And at points Punched like they were more 500-ish Yes. And so if you're adding One of the best catchers in baseball Not only in terms of his offense But also his defensive ability And ability to work with pitchers too And you got a couple really young High upside guys Michael Kopich is going to come back next year uh, Dylan Cease is one of the top pitching prospects in baseball who started for uh, most of the second half last year. I see that White Sox team. If I'm the Twins, I'm definitely still worried about the Indians because the Indians have an amazing pitching staff, and they still have Francisco Lindor, but I'm also taking the White Sox very seriously in 2020 with a bunch of young hitters who are probably going to be on the rise. Let's too. take that a step further
0: because last winter the White Sox won a Manny Machado, and Manny Machado wasn't signing for $18 million a year. So I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I would imagine that Kenny Williams and the White Sox still have some financial wherewithal to make something more happen this offseason. To me, Grendahl is a start. He is a great start. But what it represents is an aggressive start to the free agency period for a team that, frankly, needed an injection of some life, and they just got it in one of the superstars of the game. I agree with everything you said about making their pitching staff better. He's also a great hitter. Um, that's, that's a great move for the White Sox. I like it. Maybe it's a little early, but maybe it's not. Maybe that team's ready to pop in 2020. Clearly, they've circled that as the first year of their competitive window. Um, For the record, I'm not like depressed that the Twins missed out on it. I had a bunch of people reaching out to me, which I appreciate, saying – Oh man, I'm so sorry, dude. Like your take just went up in flames. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm okay. It's a, like
1: it wasn't a family member who died. That's right. It's like there just, wasn't. It was, just a, a, it was just a take that died.
0: Yeah, I that take went up in smoke. And I mean, it kind of because now watch he goes makes an all-star team for the White Sox, and I can be the guy that said Grandall's good. That I didn't feel like that was that hot of a me, take. To me,
1: Grandall I I, I never uh, missed dis- opportunity to me. I didn't dismiss it. I don't think it's a missed opportunity. I don't think it was a necessity. I think it was a luxury. I think yes. it would have really helped the team. But now the twins, not that not that they were like. It sounds like they weren't really. In, they were in on him last year. It sounds like they're more pitching focused this year, which is where I think they should be. Um, but before we get to, because I know that uh, yesterday you were on Score North Live and Doogie was piloting the plane. Yes. And so we're gonna we're gonna get to the figure that Doogie threw out for one of the top free agent pitchers. But I want to lay the ground here for you. You've, so you so your uh, Yasmani Grandal push yes. is over. Yeah. <laughs> and you just posted something to scorenorth.com, another push that you think the Twins should make.
0: I think they should be in on Mookie Betts. I think if the Red Sox, you know, you talked about luxury before with Yasmani Grandal. No, this is a necessity. All right, I'll I'll pump the brakes on it a little bit. I think Mookie Betts would be an amazing ad for 2020, and it would cost you a lot, and it's absolutely worth exploring those conversations. If the Red Sox are hell-bent on trading their best player, you should target a new best player. By the way, we haven't talked about this, but in the back of my head, I'll just say it out loud now, I've been operating under the assumption that the Twins would go into this winter trying to locate a new best player in the franchise and a new best pitcher. Okay. And, and if you can accomplish those two things, you just had a great winner. I
1: think I. I don't think you're going to get both. Why not? I think you're getting one or the other. Okay. I think, Let's go down this path. Again, like, I'm, I'm trying to balance what I think they should do with what I think realistically they will do as well. So So. I
0: don't think of this, though, as like a, hey, go spend, you got to get $38 million uh, to get this guy and then go trade your whole farm system for this guy. I think it's a realistic path to say with some of the super teams, they probably have to get better, but who's spending as much money as the Twins this winter? Plus the trade capital that they have, that some of those teams don't have. I think the
1: Twins are uniquely positioned to add a new best player and a new best. But pitcher. when you but when you say a phrase like "Who is positioned to spend as much money as the Twins will this winter," you realize that a large percentage of the people listening to this show, and I think I'd like to think that the listeners of this show, which started off as the Touch 'Em All podcast that you and I did four or five years ago, and now it has grown into the Scornorth Twin Show, the juggernaut that it is. I think. I think we have a lot of smart Twins fans who listen to this. I think I don't think we have a lot of knee-jerk, cheap Polad, uh, angry Twins fans who listen to the show, and we appreciate that. But I also think people hear you say that, and they think, well, what, wait, wait a second, what historically or what proof do you have or what reference points do you have to say that the Twins are going to be one of the biggest spenders in free agency in any winter? Yeah, I
0: don't have historical proof, like, it doesn't exist. You look backwards in this long, long, long history of, let's see, 17, 18, two off-seasons of Derek Falvey, that extended history of time that we're talking about. That's, to me, the difference. We're separating this between the Twins of the 90s, the Twins of the 2000s, which were a good team, young cost-control core that came up together playing in the Metrodome, and then the Target Field era. And the Target Field era, if you're a Twins fan, has been overall super disappointing, honestly. Like, there's not a lot of bright spots that you can point back to. And look, 2019, 2010, and the All-Star game. <laughs> like, those those are the highlights. But who's to say that the Twins wouldn't push their payroll beyond where they've ever been because of the window that you started this podcast talking about, because of where they are at in their competitive cycle, because of the resources that they have, because of the leadership in place of the baseball department that I'm sort of, I'll raise my hand to this, blindly trusting right now. I just, I don't think that this is a group that's going to go in and say, all right, cool. We know who the good free agents are, but who do we think we could get for cheap? They're going to try to do that in some cases, but this would be a really bad winter to not land somebody good in a trade and to not make a big swing on the free agent market to improve your team's chances of winning. So, do I have proof? No.
1: It's just what I think is going to happen. Okay. And I think I think they're going to get a big fish too, just for the record. I think they're going to I think they're going to get probably the biggest fish free agent that they've signed. So right now the biggest fish free agent in Twins history, I believe is Ricky Nolasco or Irvin Santana was a little bit more. Irvin was like 4 years, 54 56 or something like that and uh, ricky nalaska was like four years and 48 or 52 they were both kind of in the same ballpark yep um so we're talking about 12 15 million dollars a year for those guys i think we're talking closer to 20 million dollars a year on a multi-year contract so i do think and i think it's going to be a pitcher um so i that that's i am i'm fairly certain they're going to make that kind of a move this winter for a pitcher because that's the price uh, but the other currency we're talking about and this to get to, to get back into your Mookie Betts conversation, and Mookie Betts has one year left on his deal. Yep, it's a rookie contract. He has so one year left of arbitration. He's one of the best players in baseball. He made twenty million dollars in his second year of arbitration last year. That number goes up closer to, if not thirty million dollars for two thousand. So you're gonna you're gonna pay one year, million, yeah, one year premium for him for sure, uh, price wise, and then whatever prospects you would have to give up. So let's start with this. The twins have two types of currencies. The twins, let's start with this on Mookie. Uh, they've got money to spend, and they've got one of the top six or seven pools of prospects to spend as well. We know how much money it would cost to bring in Mookie Betts. It would cost you like twenty-five or thirty million for one year, and then if you could extend him, that'd be awesome. He's only twenty-six years old. Yeah, but you're not trading for that. You know how much do you think it's going to cost the Twins or another team in prospect currency? To land one year of Mookie Betts, that's the question. Yeah. I don't think it costs Royce Lewis. I don't so, think it costs. I don't think it
0: costs one of your two best prospects. So hold on a second, and I'm not dodging the question. We we started the show. We say we're going to talk about this. I will pay it off, but if you say they're going to spend twenty million a year on a pitcher, let's just let's fast forward down that path. And do I think they're going to get Mookie Betts? N- no, not this winter. I, d- I don't think that's like the likely outcome. But is it possible? Hundred percent. It's one hundred percent possible. Um, just like the same way I think about Garrett Cole, but without these illusions of grandeur, let's go back to reality. And you just said 20 million a year on a pitcher. Let's just take your guy. They signed Madison Bumgarner to a three year deal worth 70 million bucks, four and 80, whatever, four and 80 for Madison Bumgarner, 20 Mm -hmm. million a year. You're pretty comfortable at that price. We've talked about this before. Okay. So you have arguably a new best pitcher on your staff. Yep. I think you can make the case that he could have a stronger 2020 than Barrios and Odorizzi. So you got a new best pitcher. And you're into the $115, $120 million of payroll. Keep going, right? I think that there are still great players out there. Maybe you don't get an Anthony Rendon and a Madison Bumgarner, but, you know... I don't think that 120 million should be any sort of cap. You shouldn't even be thinking about it at that point. Keep in mind, you still got 80 million dollars to go before the luxury tax starts setting in. Not that the Twins are ever going to concern themselves no. with that territory, but I'm just saying it's not unrealistic to say add another new best player and a new best pitcher.
1: Yeah, 140 million dollars is a, is a realistic expectation. I'm still going. That's, that's like a league average payroll in 2020.
0: And for a team that received revenue sharing this past year, I get the trepidation. But man, I think it's so good for your brand and for your business and for your company. To say nothing of your baseball team, which it's also very good for, to have twenty twenty be a winning offseason and a winning season in general. They made they laid so much good groundwork in two thousand nineteen. It'd be a shame to see that all kind of like wither away and you go down to like a ninety win team and then also ran for the playoffs. That'd be just hugely disappointing. So. Mookie Betts is a conversation that's worth having because you asked what it would cost to acquire somebody like that. And I'm just going to say, I'll start with my answer and then I'll show my work. You're starting with a Bruiser Gratterol or a Jordan Balazovic. And sorry, Jordan, I still have not been told how to pronounce your last name. If you want to call into the show and correct me, we'd love to have you. One of those two guys or both of them and then keep going, building out a package. I'm not trading Kirilov. I don't think you have to trade Lewis because keep in mind, you said this. It's one season of Mookie Betts. It's not a. It's not a. Hey, get him into your stable, and then maybe you can convince him to take your money. It's like, no, this dude's going to be a free agent, and if you pay him more than anybody else, he can be yours. The
1: twins have at been twenty-eight, but the twins. This this is the this is the biggest hurdle to me. It's it's less about are they willing to pull the trigger, uh, financially. Are they willing to pull the trigger, uh, with with prospect currency. I think they want more value in return when they trade prospects for an established player than one year. And they've been sure. pretty adamant for two, year, two, three years now saying, yeah, it, 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 we, hey, we'll wheel and deal. We're looking for multiple years. We're looking for a year and a half. I mean, that's part of the reason why they traded for Sam Dyson. Yes. Oh, he's got a year and a half of rehab that's instead right. yes, of, but, instead but, of wow. a year and a half of Jesus playing. <laughs> Jesus, did anybody
0: catch the number of that bus? <laughs> Jeez. But I, fun with Snuckles. I would say that was a really deep cut cats of Instagram from somebody who would know uh reference. Um, okay. If I'm the Red Sox, this makes all kinds of sense. And Keith law did a great job laying this out for ESPN. Um, let me just say that if, if I'm the twins, there comes a time and I agree with you in general of what you're saying. And they've been talking about cost control and, and years you know, we don't want to just add 2019 wins. We want 2020 wins as well and, and go on down that list. There does come a time where you hit some sort of critical mass, and I think they've hit it, which is cool. And and I know I'm the future guy, so this is going uh, to sound dumb coming from my mouth. But, like, at a certain point, you do have to consider sacrificing wins in 2024 for wins in 2020. And I think that time is now. And that's why I think a Mookie Betts trade makes sense to talk about. This is no longer a build-up, fun little, you know, let's build a core and make sure it's cost-controlled and maybe we can season in some free agents later. It's like, no, dude, this thing's ready to go, and are you going to be trigger-shy forever because we've seen those cycles in baseball, or are you going to be strategically – Willing to take that shot, and I think it's time for the Twins to shoot that shot. So
1: if you're if you're looking for the Twins to shoot a shot like a Mookie Betts shot, does that mean you're out on Byron Buxton, or are you looking to? No, no,
0: I'd try to keep Buck, and I I wouldn't trade him in that. Betts
1: is my right fielder for the year,
0: and then he goes to be a free
1: agent. Yeah, I think <sighs> Buxton's so tough because a lot of people are banging on the drum now of like, well, just just trade him, just be done with it. Will you be trading him for? At max fifty cents on the dollar at this point, just like last off season. If you tried to trade Miguel Snow last off season, twenty five cents on the dollar. In fact, smart teams should be looking to buy low on Byron Buxton right now. Yes, and and hope that he can play one hundred twenty games in the next few years. Um, but Jeez, I'm also that's a pretty low bar to clear. But you still have I know, to ask but like, the question. But That's the that's the bar for that's him, right. right? That's right. So again, I I'm open to trading. Almost anyone except Max Kepler has a great contract right now. Jorge Polanco has a great contract right now. I'm not actively looking to move those guys. I have four guys I won't trade. Five guys I won't trade. Four so, guys I won't trade. Polanco, Kepler. Kiriloff, and Lewis. Okay. Buxton. You trade Barrios.
0: Yeah. I, I I really like Jose Barrios, and he's your best starting pitcher. But, like, somebody brought this up. as Rami and I were talking the other day. If the A's for some reason, want to trade Matt Chapman, as our good friend Patrick Royce suggests, so they can pay Marcus Simeon, and then they've got their little core, and it's affordable, and they're going to win some ball games. But They're losing one of the best players in baseball so that they can add some prospects back to the system. Yeah. And you're telling me the starting point is Barrios? I'm not walking out of that meeting. It it all depends on what you're getting back. Now, am I trading Barrios for one year of Mookie Betts? Hell no. That Like... Just given the spots that you're in relative to the Red Sox, what they want to do in their window, and the Twins, what you're trying to do in yours, that's much less of a conversation. But four years of Matt Chapman, I mean, I'm not walking away from that poker table.
1: So this is, uh, all right. In fact, let's let's take a pause here. Let me talk about Federated for just a second. And, and then I'll run my theory on what the Twins should be looking to do. And then let's also go over... Uh, I'm hijacking your uh, your show right now because we're going to go over well, this. Z- is great, Zach I, Wheeler too. I'm
0: I'm really looking for somebody who could maybe help me protect my
1: business and give me that peace of mind. Well, it's funny you bring that up because that's what Federated has been doing for over a hundred years. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, has been helping business owners when you run into a jam. Let's use a dumb baseball metaphor for you. Oh, let's boy. say you're in a hot box. I'm here for this. All right. And you're about to get tagged out or something like that. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody was standing behind you, you had a good face-to-face relationship, and they said, you know what? I'm going to help you through this jam right now. I know the bases are loaded, and you're on the mound right now, and you're at 152 pitches, and your arm's about to fall off. Federated Insurance is here for you, okay? Business owners, the website is federatedinsurance.com, and that's where you can find your local Federated Marketing Representative and all the industries Federated protects. Federated, it's their business to protect yours.
0: So the pitcher
1: got caught in a hot box, something like that. Okay, yeah.
0: All right, so we could keep spinning our wheels on Mookie bets, but I don't think like there's that much disagreement here.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trading Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov for one year of Mookie bets. But here's but like, my point. It's I, worth I'm all, at the I'm table. all ears for a discussion. Yeah, Heim Bloom. If you want to hit me up, here's my sell, and here's my here's my theory. Okay, this is. I think for a long time, and even even now, it's 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 so easy just to think about well. How do you make the team better? Who are the free agents that you can sign? Sure. And who are the prospects you would trade for established pitching, right? But there's another path here. Like, if you want to do calculus here, and again, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure these guys have whiteboards and spreadsheets and just filled with ideas going into the winter meetings, which are in a couple weeks here. But I would be looking at the guys on my team that have multiple years of team control that I don't plan on signing long-term. Miguel Sano... Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton, those guys are on that list right now. Jose Barrios is on that list right now. I don't know. Let me back up. I don't know if the Twins feel that way about them. I don't know if the Twins have said we're not going to sign these guys or if they're actively working to sign multi-year contracts. But we know that those four guys were really good players in 2019 and also are not locked up long term and have multiple years of team control left. So there's value there. I would be looking to move from that stable of players while their value is high for either really good prospects that I could beef up my prospect pool, pause that thought for a second, or established players, maybe a number two starter, if I could get that. Like, if I could get a number two starter for Eddie Rosario, it is a no brainer for me right now. I don't think you can. I don't think Eddie Rosario nets a number two, like a playoff rotation number two starter. I just don't think that's going to happen. But. Again, if you know you're not going to re-sign these guys long-term, this is their peak value point right now. You can probably trade them for some pretty high-caliber prospects. Maybe you can get the fourth-best prospect from some organization. Beef up your prospect pool so that you have more chips to play with to go get a John Gray from Colorado, a Mookie Betts from Boston. I would just think outside the box and creatively with my most valuable assets on the roster right now. Uh, I don't think anything should be off the table outside of some of the stuff you're saying. I mean, Royce Lewis, Alex Kirilov, it's got to be blow me away for those guys. Um, and I think just based on the contracts they just signed in the breakout seasons, Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco are just so valuable to you right now. Uh, cost-controlled. I mean, Plus, it's, just...
0: it's bad business. Exactly. Signed that, hey, that matters. Here's a commitment. We love having you here. Yeah, let's partner on this together for six years. It's not exactly a market rate, but like mm-hmm. it's it's life changing money, and we're in this together.
1: Breakout season. One winter later, you're shopping him. That's bad business. Yeah. Uh, so I just I think they're probably thinking along those lines too. What I would be a little concerned about is that they. I guess I would be a little bit concerned that they get fixated on one pitcher or they get they get down the road and uh they get left out of the game of musical chairs or, or something I think I, I think you've got to be active early sure go get whatever's on your checklist get one of them early and they did that last year right Jonathan scope was pretty pretty right out of the gate right it yeah. was like before the winter it's meetings like early,
0: or, yeah early December I think it was
1: um I would just be sure well they got out of but that, that,
0: that had an, this year I mean that had artificial deadline on it so
1: but I'm saying, like, if, if you need two more big pieces this off season, don't get into February. Just oh, go yeah. get one now so that you can ha- feel peace of mind and comfort, and then you can figure out how to get the other piece. Okay, so let me ask you, before the winter meetings, which are December 8th, I believe, uh,
0: in Southern California. Yeah, San Diego. Do they have one of those quote-unquote pieces with a capital P? Do they have that in tow before they get on the plane? Uh, at Terminal 1 and head to or wherever they fly. They probably
1: charter that. But. I think they should. <laughs> <laughs> I think do they, they should. have
0: somebody signed and say, hey, you're on a 2020 piece for the Minnesota Twins before they set foot at the winter meetings?
1: I think they should, and I think I think they do. I think they're active. Okay. I, I think they do something before the end of the winter meetings. So this
0: is a fun couple of weeks, then.
1: And just to throw this out, because we, we, we brought him up at the beginning of the podcast here, um, Zach Wheeler is 29 years old has been with the Mets for the last few years. Zach Wheeler is, according to our friend Doogie, who mentioned this with you on Scorn Earth Live yesterday, is looking for a five-year, $84 million contract. Or the way that Doogie put it is, you can sign Zach Wheeler right now for five years, $84 million. Do you do it? So basically you know, $15 to $20 million a year on a five-year contract. That would lock up Zach Wheeler until he's 34 years old. I don't love the fifth year, but I pull the trigger on this. If, if it's available right now, if I know that I can lock up Zach Wheeler right now for under $20 million a year, and I don't have to worry about losing out on the game of musical chairs, I don't have to worry about, ah, oh, let's haggle on, let's make it a three-year deal and haggle, and meanwhile, he signs elsewhere in a month, and Bumgarner's off the board, and Garrett Cole's off the board. If it's right now, you don't know what's behind door number two. It could be nothing, it could be Bumgarner, but you know that door number one is Zach Wheeler, Five years, 84 million dollars. I pull the trigger. This is a guy with the Mets, and I think the Mets have been pretty publicly chaotic and probably aren't giving him the best infrastructure to be a great breakout pitcher. He's been fine, but this is a guy who throws almost a hundred miles an hour and I don't think has maximized his talent. I think the twins probably get more out of Zach Wheeler than the Mets have the last few years, and they elevate him from like a number three starter to something closer to a number one, and you'd be getting him for way less than almost any of the top free agent starting pitchers have signed for in the last four years or so. So I would, I would sign up for five years, $84 million, Zach Wheeler, at the winter meetings and pour myself a stiff cocktail and <laughs> celebrate my rotation, baby. Nice Zach Wheeler, Jose Barrios, de Rizzi, and then I find a way to trade for John Gray, and now I go win a World Series.
0: Um, well... My winner's over. Yeah, bravo. That was uh, very well done. And, man, short work of it, too. That's impressive. Uh, Two things up for this. One, I have been told that the Twins are going to, you talked about, don't get caught as the music stops without a chair. I've been told that the Twins are laying out a ton of paths by which they can pursue pitching. It's not just, uh, look, I'm having fun with Yasmani Grandal, and I'm having fun with Mookie Betts, and that's cool, and I'm a columnist. I can do whatever I want to. At me. But the Twins know they can't be left without a chair. Like, this is your winter. Your winter is on the line. Now, it helps a little bit. You, you bridged some of that gap with Odorizzi saying yes. But still, is there anybody who would raise their hand right now and say, yeah, we're f- feeling pretty good about this pitching staff. 2020, let's go. We don't even need a winter. Let's start spring training tomorrow, baby. Nobody's saying that. So the, the multiple paths, just in case one door closes. By the way, one of those doors, Garrett Cole all right, if he's not going to pitch for you or you're not willing to go into the same realm of length and value of contracts that some of these other teams are, okay, fine, that door closes. You better not You better not see all these doors close at once and you better not let a door close behind you in pursuit of a Steven Strasburg and then that door never materializes either. So the thing you're talking about is a very real concern and the Twins... Well, they are aware of it, but they need to be aware of it. This is not something you can be caught sleeping mm-hmm. this winter. Um, but then your question on: Do you sign him for five and eighty four? And I told Doogie, yes, I would. But I'm curious to think: Like, would you sign Jake Rizzi? Tear up the qualifying offer. Sign him for five and eighty four, five and eighty five. I think Zach Wheeler has higher upside than Jake Rizzi. I think they're pretty similar. I think Madison Bumgarner, Jake, Jake Rizzi, Zach Wheeler. Um, if Hyun Jin Ryu was a few years younger, I I might include him in that mix too. But he's 33,
1: I think, going on 34. I mean, Zach Wheeler throws more innings for one, and that's for valuable. Sure. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm not discounting the like Mets infrastructure thing, but I also don't think they're a, a disaster. Like their PR is way worse than their pitching infrastructure. Like they've also produced
1: Fair. Jacob DeGrom
0: and Noah Syndergaard. Well,
1: put it this way: Would I want to pay both Jacob deRizzi and Zach Wheeler five years, 84 million dollars? No. But yep. if you if I can get both of them for 6 total seasons for and 100? 91 million dollars or whatever the math work or 101 million dollars, yeah yeah yeah. I'm in and okay. you can interchange them. Okay. I feel like it's a little risky to have both of them under contract for that much money and you might have to pay Barrios. And are you are you really paying a bunch of number 3 starters almost 20 million dollars a year? Yeah. Um I don't I don't view Odorizzi and Wheeler both a lock to live up to 17 million dollars a year for five years. By the way, Doogie said on that same show that you're referencing that
0: Barrios would be looking for like Blake Snell money, and Blake Snell got five and fifty last year. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that Barrios is in that same category. I think he's you know, Aaron Nola was like four and forty five or something. Luis Severino's four and forty, like which of those four names that I just mentioned, who's fourth? Barrios. Yeah. So I'm not saying that the Twins shouldn't look to extend him. I would. In fact, I would have tried harder last year, but I think that there's a an element here that's working that you have cost controlled pitchers and now it's okay to go shop for some expensive ones. Especially, let's be honest, you're not getting as money grand doll now. So all that money <laughs> that you had earmarked can now go to pitching. Yep.
1: So there so, you go. Uh well, this is God. This is going to be this is going to be a really fun winter and I do think the Twins are going to make it fun for Twins fans, but if they don't, we will riot on this show. <laughs> You'll hear it here first.
0: Yeah, Hot Stove Edition back next week. We'll figure it out with Turkey Day and how we record logistics and everything like that. But we will be back on this show, and uh, we'll be, especially if Phil's prediction comes true, that they're going to have somebody in tow, a hashtag name before the winter meetings begin. So we'll, we'll talk to you then. Please keep giving us your iTunes reviews. Those have been fun to trickle in. I didn't pull an Apple review for today, and we forgot a free agent, but don't worry. We'll Actually, get that uh, all tied up. I got I got one for you. Oh, just off the dome. All right, I got one for you. Well, yep. I can't make up a review, but let's hear the free agent Kevin Correa. <laughs> okay, two thousand twelve. You've already pulled from that two basket. years,
1: ten million dollars, and oh, you know uh, what? You didn't send, work uh, out
0: so well. No, that's uh, thanks for the analysis. Mm-hmm. You you already gave us Irving Santana and Ricky Nolasco. So you've overdelivered on this episode, Phil. <laughs> for Phil Mackey, I'm Derek Wetmore. We'll catch you next week on the Twin Show Hot Stove Edition. See you then.